And maybe we'll come back To earth who can tell I guess there is no one to blame It's the final count. It's Story Guys, a fake game show podcast that sometimes involves live music. This is just. This is... Oh, we're to Venus, uh, I've never heard that song so nicely done on an acoustic guitar before. Thank you for that. I mean, it's got good bones. I talk about this a lot, right? Like with with songs, like it's really about good songwriting is good songwriting. It doesn't matter the package you put it in, and that's what one of my favorite things to do. A friend of mine and I were talking about this recently. Is one of my favorite songs in the whole world is "This Must Be the Place" by the Talking Heads, and I really love specifically oh. to listen to other people besides the Talking Heads do that song because there's a lot of room with it because the Talking Heads were so specific in what they did. But it's a really well-written song. So if you can take the song and parse it out in different ways, you come back with some really interesting listening experiences. So I love to just like look up, and, and that's why I had a tweet a few weeks ago that was something about, I'm really worried I'm going to mess up my algorithm on Spotify by listening to this one String Cheese Incident song because oh, I was yeah. listening to their cover, which was, of course, like 20 minutes long. This must be the place with banjo. Yeah. But I was into it because I, I love it. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that serenading. This is literally how Story Guys happens. We're sitting in our home studio yeah, and uh, things like that happen. Yeah. So you're welcome. Um, Story Guys is a fake game show storytelling podcast. That's that's right. So we come up with a theme every week, which is it's a song title. And then Brian and I, we tell stories about whatever comes to mind. Usually it's a lot of personal stuff and sometimes really hilarious. And then at the end, we decide between the two of us, because we're pals, we've been pals for a long time, who told a better story? And it's not Final Countdown. That's not the story starter. That is not. Even though I saw them open up for Bon Jovi in 87 or 88, and uh, they open Europe, the band, the Final Countdown, that band, Open and closed with the final countdown. They played it twice. Is there a... Okay, first of all, that's remarkable. I've never heard of that. How about it? Uh, Secondly, is there a band named after every continent? We've got Europe. Right? We've got Asia. There's not North America or South America. Is there, yeah, there probably isn't, right? There is. Is there an Antarctica or a, oh. there's like a Sun Arctic? There's some like heavy yeah. band that's something close to that Sonic Arctica or yeah. something. Somebody's gonna send an email to wearethestoryguys yeah. at gmail.com and correct me on that. Metallica played there in a bubble with everybody listening on the headphones. <sighs> so weird. Metallica. I, let's not get on the Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just saying they were there. You know, you can get involved in several ways with the show. We are the Story Guys at gmail.com is one of them. We are the Story is the website. You can also find us at the Story Guys on Facebook. And we've heard from some great people recently. Brandon's listening in uh, Flint, Michigan. Thank you. He says I subscribed based on the T-shirt choices in your publicity photo. Thank you from our wardrobe department. <laughs> We also heard from Christopher, who's listening in New Hampshire. Uh, a pleasure to hear from you, man. He says, really digging the show. I uh, just started listening. I have some story starter suggestions, which uh, I love. So yeah. if this is an idea that was not manufactured, but if you have some, send them, if you would like, to wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. His were Make It With You, Cigarettes and Valentines, Thousand Miles Stare, Reenact the Crime, all very 
These are not big hits. <laughs> Let's no. just say that. He nah. he does admit that he mined his vinyl collection. So yeah. what I thought we would do is put them all in a hat, and we would pull one of his story starter suggestions. Yes. And then we would just play Unwound for the next 45 minutes. Right? But go I, ahead. I do love that Unwound is involved here. I'm ready. And, oh, reenact the crime. That is the Unwound song. That's that's what we get. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, we're going to do that in a moment. But first, I, I do want to jump into another segment on the show we like to do, which is called Story of the Week. Oh, I thought it was the final countdown. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. no, <laughs> should we, like, have a final countdown before we get into the story or, like, a final countdown of the episode? No, we should just I, do it. I feel like you playing 80s songs <laughs> on an acoustic guitar should start every show now. Forget <laughs> a theme song. Um, so, my Story of the Week. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay, so I remember Story of the Week, the premise is a good story you've heard this week. It could be an excuse to talk about a book you read or a Netflix show you watched, but it could just be a story you have heard from someone else, which this is from a guy I had coffee with very recently. His name is John. And I don't know how we got onto this, but he said, have I told you about my four-year-old daughter's birthday party? Yeah. And I said, no, you have not. Um, but if there's one thing I love, it is four-year-old's birthday parties. And uh, and he said, yeah, so we asked her where she wanted to do her birthday party. And she said, Kroger. So for for those of you not from this part of the country, Kroger is, insert your, your local grocer, your local big chain grocer. And if you're from out the West, Colorado, King Supers. <laughs> King Supers, what a cool name. Yeah. If you're from Arkansas, Harps. Oh, Harps. I think King Supers and Kroger are the same company. Harps but... is owned by the Kroger company. Okay, So uh, uh, if you're from, what's the one in South Carolina? Publix, which I always thought was weird because it looks a little bit like another word if you took the L out. Yeah, anyway, but, it's, but it's great. So uh, here we go. He, I said, what did you do when your four-year-old said, no, I don't want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I want to go to Kroger because I guess they shop at this one Kroger and – they know the staff and she's very precocious. And so she's, you know, knows the woman at the deli and knows the woman in the pharmacy. And, yeah. And so they just went to Kroger and said, listen, store manager, please. Um, we have this crazy <laughs> idea. Our daughter wants to have a birthday party at Kroger. And they're like, cool. We have a conference room in the back. So they oh. did a full, so he showed me pictures of the full on. They invited all the employees that know her. They invited some friends and family. There are pictures of them touring the store with her in like a tutu and a tiara. Oh my gosh. And greeting everyone at her fourth birthday party at a grocery <sighs> store. And I just thought it's a it's a great story. A, because what a character in the middle of that story, right? This four-year-old. Yeah. Um, but also here's all these pictures of her hugging the lady at the deli and hugging the lady at the pharmacy and very excited. To be, I mean, it's very like Sesame Street. These are the people in your neighborhood, right? Like it's yeah. it's a very small town, even in the midst of a decent sized city that we live in, and uh, I love it. So, fourth birthday party at a grocery store. That's my story of the week. What is yours? Oh man, okay. Uh, I had to think about it, and then I realized, like, oh, I got it. Um, so last week at the last minute, um, oh yeah, I should, I need to preface this. So so I have a radio show. It's uh, Saturday mornings. You, you can listen to it live. It's on WFBK.org. It's the NPR affiliate that's here in Louisville, Kentucky, where we're at. And last week on Friday, so the day before my show, I get an email and it says, hey, Kenny Wayne Shepard wants to come in tomorrow and guest DJ during your show. Okay, so let's just stop there and say... Excellent opportunity, right? What right. what a cool thing to get an email about on Friday afternoon. Right, right, right. And I like okay, so I don't have like 
you know, uh, Keith Richards coming in to do it, but Kenny Wayne Shepherd is like pretty cool, still pretty cool. He's significantly been playing music for twenty years, and he's you know he's great. And so I got to I got to know what songs he was going to play beforehand. So I got to do a little research about to kind of figure it out. And he picked a couple songs from other people that were on his new record. So that was the idea. It's like, oh, well, he picked uh, this song by Joe Walsh because they all like to play it and got it, got put it. on there. And so he uh, he has a project with Stephen Stills. So he met Neil Young through Stephen Stills and was just freaked out by meeting him. And he asked Neil Young, he's like, can I, can I cover one of your songs on my record? And so, yeah. So he explained that whole thing. And then we talked about how we liked music and so he ironically enough when he was a little boy his dad was a morning show drive program director of a radio station and sometimes when he would get in trouble his dad would make him come to work and make him do all the work you know, so his dad oh, because, would just... Yeah, back then you had to actually do some work. His dad would Wouldn't just... pressing buttons. All his dad would do would be like, you know, WNEW, 97, blah, 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 blah. And what was really happening was little Kenny Wayne Shepherd was pressing the buttons and doing the thing and had the headphones on, was doing everything else. <laughs> and his dad was just like, you know, phoning, the, just doing the talking. And, and then his dad became like a concert promoter. So... One day when he was really young, he got to go backstage and he met Stevie Ray Vaughan. And Stevie Ray Vaughan is kind of, if you listen to Kenny Wayne Shepherd, like you really see... Spirit animal, yeah. Yeah, you really see and hear him through his music a little bit. And Stevie Ray Vaughan used to wear those crazy looking like high water pants that were really too weird. He wore a feather in his hair, like larger than life guy. And like Hendrix. And uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Stevie Ray Vaughan both played uh, Voodoo Child in their set. Like, you know, that Kenny Wayne Shepherd closes every night with a Hendrix song, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm having so much fun. So I'm supposed to be playing four songs with him and chatting with him. I have no idea. Four songs, like, times three is, like, 12 minutes. And then you're <laughs> supposed to talk, you know, for a couple of minutes. So I do 45 minutes with Kenny Wayne Shepherd. <laughs> because, because, first, I can. well, first, yeah, I don't care. And number two, awesome. Super fun. Yeah. Right? And it, it was great radio. I know people who are listening are probably interested. So... At, at one point, we're, uh, yeah, we're actually, the mics are on, and, and he's from Shreveport. In, uh, is it Shreveport? No, he's from where Jerry Lee Lewis is from, wherever that is in Louisiana. Like, yeah. Um, and I was like, so do you still live in Louisiana? He goes, I live in Shreveport, but I have a house in Los Angeles right next to my father-in-law, like my in-laws. And I was like, hmm, okay. So he's talking, and he's talking about his record and stuff, and I was like, Look, Googling that to figure out who his wife's dad was, his wife's dad, Mel Gibson. What? So, what? So imagine. He, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. How do I not know that Kenny Wayne Shepherd is married to Mel Gibson's daughter? So let me take off my glasses for a moment. Can you imagine everyone out there that's listening to this? And you've got like, ah, oh, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, or oh, my in-laws. Can you imagine if your father-in-law was Mel Gibson? <laughs> I mean, I've seen the video. So. Right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've watched Ricky Gervais hazing Mel Gibson on the Golden Globes several times because it's great. And 
I was just trying to imagine what those Thanksgiving dinners, like the Thanksgiving holidays or Christmas holidays are like. There's I, I know what Easter's like because I've seen Passion of the Christ. I, <laughs> I was going to say. I hear that it's just a viewing of Passion of the Christ. I was going to say Hanukkah, Milpride doesn't show up. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I, was just, I was just imagining when all that was happening, how weird that had to be that your father-in-law was like on the news and like, you know, vilified more than like anyone else. Well, and I also, I also think it's weird when, so let's take all that out of it. Let's just say it's weird when you're a famous ish person with a more famous person in your family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and talk Kenny Wayne Shepard, not everybody that listens to this right now really knows who that is. Right. Right. He's a rock and roll guitar player, but everybody knows who, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson is, yeah. is. And it's like, for instance, like Catherine Heigl, who was a really big named actress for a long time. She's kind of fallen off. But she married she married Josh Kelly, who was a singer-songwriter who was about to make it on his own, but he was kind of in the shadow of John Mayer, right? Yeah. And then they're related, and now I'm, I'm losing the thread on this, but they're even related to somebody else. So it's like there's all these connections, of, and they're all different levels of famous. And it's, it, you know, it's not on purpose necessarily right yeah yeah it's very it's very strange but yeah the idea of like Kenny Wayne Shepard goes to uh Thanksgiving dinner at Mel Gibson's house is bizarre and by the way Kenny Wayne Shepard amazing guy I wanted to go and hang out with him and they're like they were going to the fresh market to get a sandwich I was like all right well forget this (laughs) what a rock star yeah I was like I'm gonna go to Burger King and get an impossible Whopper go home and watch Shrek 2 my kids uh, wow, what a great – that's a great story of the week. So, he, I mean, he, several stories from Kenny Wayne Shepard there, both that he eats turkey with Mel Gibson and uh, I love the radio story. That is crazy. So, who goes first? So, uh, our Reena- – Reenact the crime. Reenact the crime. So, who who wants to go first? Um, I went first on Story Starter. Do you want to go first on this? Okay, I'll go first on this. So, um, there's going to be a, a tie-in with someone that you might know, but not a lot. So, I'm going to – yeah. Your dad? Yeah. Is your dad the person we might know? Maybe. Listen, I, I will say the fan mail for your dad is getting out of control. We're going to have to open up a separate email account to handle all the gigabytes. I know. Or maybe we just started a Twitter account of all the things that he says. So can, can we do a Twitter account of him and just not let him know? <laughs> yeah, he has no idea, man. <laughs> like, he doesn't know how to turn on a computer. I mean, all we need is a picture. Yeah. I always tell him. Not like anyone's going to try to verify that. I always tell him all the time, I'm like, man, you are blessed beyond words. You don't even know how to turn on the computer, do you? Yeah. Like, there's amazing things out there, but there isn't. (laughs) There's also a dumpster fire we call social media. Yeah. Okay. So So, let's hear it. So, um, yeah. So when I was younger than being able to legally drive, so we've talked about how you were able to fake your way into getting a driver's license, and you've been you were you've been, you've been driving illegally since uh, fake. sixteen. By, by the way, my dad, my dad, yeah, chomping at the bit to be on the show to defend himself. Okay, great. All right, but I want to hug your dad for doing that because that's an amazing thing to do, getting you a driver's license when he can't because it was illegal. So, <laughs> so. So let's just, let me just get to, I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. So I'm not 16 and I don't have a driver's license, but I got the car keys. So, um, everyone's asleep. How how old are you? Uh, 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know how to drive. Yeah. So this is a rural area thing too, right? That we need to point out. Yeah. Yeah. I I was trying to teach the teenager in, in our house to drive like two years ago. And she's like, I'm not a redneck. I don't need to learn how to drive yet. And I was like, <laughs> well, you have a leg up on all these other yahoos in this town. 
Um, so yeah, so I knew how to drive. So I got the car keys, and uh, I didn't want to take the truck because my dad had like a big truck, and it was like a Chevy F one fifty or something. It was a Chevy. It wasn't a Ford because those were things weren't allowed in our driveway. But uh, we did have an El Camino. I remember that was in the driveway. It was the black and silver two tone El Camino. Oh, stop the sexy dog. Well, listen, let me tell you. <laughs> this didn't have the sandbags in the back because it had room for everybody else, Brian. <laughs> so it was a thing. That motor purred. It was a <laughs> Yeah. That four cylinder. <laughs> 1982. So, sometimes we, we'd leave the muffler on. Yeah. The AM radio, no A-track. So so it was a thing. Like, people, it, it was like a happening. Like, now it's like thinking about calling it a happening. Like, I'm such a weirdo loser explaining this. But it was, man. Like, none of us had driver's license. But I knew how to drive, and I had access to a car. It's like it's that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, I was in town. So I would get the, uh, I would pick people up and we'd drive around. I wouldn't go like into town, you know, into town where, you know, and drive around like everybody would do because I'd get pulled over and I didn't have a driver's license. And and can we also point out, as we've talked about on the show before, your physical appearance when you were probably 15? Yeah, some 100 pounds, (laughs) 5'8", 5'9", I don't know. Who is this small Muppet? Operating this vehicle. Yeah. It's a giant my, head and tiny body. Or as my friend Carlita Garza's little brothers called me Stickman. Stickman. Stick uh, so I would, we would pick people up and, uh, and we, we would just drive around. And so eventually we would just pile more people into the car uh, and into the back. And then we'd find a place to go to go hang out. Uh, and you know, do whatever we would do. We're Not just, Elmo's house. No, and, call back to another episode. No, no, we were, we'd go over to somebody's house and do whatever teenagers do that you are not supposed to do when you're that age. And then we'd ride around, you know, ride around. So I was the guy that was driving, and always, no matter what, and I remember, and I could almost say who it happened to, and I almost felt like I it happened on purpose, but I didn't mean for it to happen on purpose all the time, but it did. So, teenagers are so scary and reckless and stupid. So, almost every time I'd be driving that El Camino, I'd be somewhere. And so, I'm, I'm, I can drive, but I'm an inexperienced driver. So, every now and then I'd hit the brakes when I, you know, hit the brakes hard when I don't need to hit the brakes hard. And what would happen, generally, most of the time, a female would fly from the back rear of the El Camino all the way up to the glass that separates the cab of the El Camino to the bed of the El Camino, and I would hear the big of their head, and then hear, oh, and laughter. And it occurred, and everyone always thought it was so funny. Now thinking about it, how awful this is. Um... I never got caught. You never broke the glass by run no, showing no, people no, into no. it. You never got a big forehead at some point that just cracked that thing. No, no, no. And then sometimes I'd look back there and I'd be like, "Well, they're making out. I'm gonna put a stop to this." <laughs> <laughs> so you breaks. So your dad never knew that you were doing this. I, no. I, I can't. I can't buy that he didn't know. Do you think he just was like looking the other way? Ah, uh, he's oblivious. 
you you really think he was that oblivious? Yes, or unconscious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So how like how many times do you think you did this? I don't know. Like more than you could count. Like uh, this wasn't like a twice or three no, times. Over like ten times, dozen times. That's a fantastic story. I'm gonna have trouble topping it. Uh, I don't know, man. I will mean El Camino. I, well, you know, you do. You did bring in some other ringers, not not your dad so much this time, but the El Camino does a pretty good job. So, I have a story from the, a similar period in my life, which was a period that involved everyone driving legally. But my <laughs> my friend Chris had a Volvo and uh, an older Volvo. It's like an a Volvo. We've heard of those before. Yeah, yeah. An El Camino. It, it wasn't as sexy as an El Camino, but we did drive around his Volvo. And there was one night in particular that I'm actually going to work on on writing some stuff about because this was like a really interesting evening. And I can't remember. I think my mom and my brother were out of town for some reason. It was like my dad and I were in in town. It was near the end of high school. I I believe it was summer ish. So I don't know if it was the summer after senior year or the summer before senior year or what it would have been. It would have roughly been around that time. And we're in a small town in Arkansas, and I go out with Chris. And we did not do anything bad, quote, unquote, that, you know, the typical drugs and alcohol kind of stuff. We were not doing that that night. But we were just getting into mischief. And for some reason, we thought it was appropriate to fork people's yards. Did you ever do this? I think this was like a specific moment in youth culture. Can I hear and maybe like youth group youth culture? Can can you use the word in a sentence, Brian? So you know what toilet papering someone's yard is? Yeah. Okay. Did it and had it done to me. So oh. this was like after after toilet paper culture. <laughs> I'm just gonna act like I'm on on CNN <laughs> assigning <laughs> cultures. Um, it, there was this brief moment where you would fork. F-O-R-K. This is a family-friendly show, so I'm talking about the utensil. I literally am. So we would go to Walmart, because we were in Arkansas, and we would buy big boxes of plastic forks. Okay. And then you pull up a few houses down in the subdivision. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. The, the sound is perfect. You, you each grab a box, and you run out into the yard, and you just stab them into the ground all the way across the front and back of the yard as uh, fast as you can before anybody notices, right? Yeah. Maybe for good measure, you throw a couple of lines of toilet paper up into the trees, but it's really about how fast you can you can drop the forks. So I will get the reenacting the crime in to say that we did fork this one particular girl's house multiple times. Not in that night, but that night was one of the times we did it. So we were doing some of that, and then there was, hey, let's meet up. But this story gets more fun on this particular summer evening because there was a call from a friend of ours who was kind of a loose part of the friend group who said, Hey, I'm with some other friends and they're all going over to this guy's grandparents house because this guy's grandparents are out of town and they have a sweet pool in the back. And so we're like, all right, we're game. We've just, you know, we've been forking a lot tonight, but now we're going to, (laughs) now we're going to go swimming. Yes, so as we, one does, we, after we locate swim trunks, I guess. And we drive out, out in the country to this house. And sure enough, we come around and they've got a pretty nice house as I remember it. And then this gorgeous patio in the back with a gorgeous pool. And so we're all in various states of getting ready to get in the pool. And 
we're, we're in. Remember, there are people connected now into this. There's probably six of us, and I only know my buddy and then the other buddy that called us. But everybody else, I don't know, including the guy who is the the whose grandparents whose house this is. Right. right. Yeah. So we were like getting ready to get in the pool, and I think somebody's pulling out food and drinks or whatever, and it's like for some reason something's delaying everybody getting in the pool quickly, and one guy goes to the top of the he, there is a diving board for this pool that's how cool it is and there's around the pool there's like a privacy wall right so he gets up on the diving board and he's like all right guys here we go and it's like uh, oh. it's like almost famous like he's gonna go and jump into the pool and we're out in the and it's dark just remember, there's like almost no lights on because we've sn- sneaked into this even, even though we're kind of out in the country and there's not neighbors we've sneaked into this property so there's right. not a lot of lights and right as he starts to run down the diving board, we hear this commotion and bright lights and we're like, what is happening? And, and he stops and we look and he goes, Oh, abort, abort. <laughs> and we're like, what's happening? And we, and somebody climbs and looks over the wall and here comes a camper, a giant camper with giant mounted lights. Grandma and grandpa came home 24 hours early. <laughs> Totally unbeknownst to them, their pool is full of of a bunch of stupid, gangly high school boys. And we're all like, scramble, scramble. And we're like grabbing clothes, shoving them into bags, running out the back, jumping in a car, trying to like trying to get out before the camper makes it onto the property. Oh my gosh. That was one of the most cinematic, like, like teen movie moments of my life because it literally were like, go, oh, no, we got to go. And I can't remember. I think maybe the the kid like stuck around and like tried to like calm down the grandparents. While all, like, all the rest of us were like jetting out the back. Because they knew, the grandparents knew and saw, right? Well, I think they saw that there were people on their property. Yeah. And then how many getaway cars did you have? I, I can't. Well, so I think I, I think Chris and I drove separately. So like we just, we, that was it. We were like, and we're out. See you guys. Like, cause we had gotten invited like as an addendum to this. Okay this get together. So multiple cars, multiple cars. So it's just, it's, it's a bunch of dumb high school boys <laughs> being dumb high school boys. Um, so yeah, that is, that's the crime. <laughs> first, first it was forking. Then it was diving so on premises that we were not supposed to be on. Trespassing. Yeah. yeah trespassing. That's, a, that's the word for it. Isn't it really? If you think about it, double trespassing. It was all bad ideas. Yeah. It was a collection of bad ideas. But the main thing I remember about that evening later is that after that, Chris and I still stayed out really late and we just like drove around. And I remember listening to Porcelain by Moby just over and over. So that really dates when this was because there was a very specific moment in history for Porcelain by Moby. But I I remember that night I listened to Porcelain by Moby. Oh, that's right. Never. Never. (laughs) Never. So do I win or do you win? Ah, uh, you win. I mean, your story's pretty good. Nah, but the swimming pool, the pool hopping, <laughs> pool hopping. That that's really what you did. That's what we would call that. That's the Tennessee what, term for pool, what, your for pool what hopping. Is? All right, yeah. pool yeah. hopping we're, it is. We're gonna go pool hopping over in that was a house. Oh wow! Yeah, you go and you do the thing, and you go there. There ain't nobody there, so we can go out and pool hop and do the thing. And I I love it. Someone goes get some bush light. <laughs> It's the official drink of it's, pool hopping. It's the jester of beers. Ha <laughs> 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 It's not really alcohol. <laughs> yeah. 
The jester. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the points. I'll gladly take them. Get involved in the show. We are the storyguys.com. We are the storyguys at gmail.com. If you want to email, find us on Facebook at the story guys. And make sure, first and foremost, that you do one important thing. Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.